A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer, so I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince. But it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I'm Doria Shafrier. And we are not experts. We're not, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Friendly reminder, you can visit our website, forever35podcast.com for links to everything we mention on the show. You can find us on Twitter. Although, are we going to stay with Elon Musk there now? Well, it's also like we literally... We like never tweet. We already didn't tweet. So but, but now like maybe we just maybe we just leave. Maybe we just get on our merry way. Well anyway, if you're there, Forever 35 Pod and Instagram, we're still over at Instagram Forever 35 Podcast, Facebook, where there's the Forever 35 Facebook group where the password to join us serums. You can shop our curated list of favorite products at shopmy.us slash forever thirty-five. You can also sign up for our newsletter at forever35podcast.com slash newsletter. Right. Uh, and if you want to reach us, you can call or text at 781-591-0390. And you can email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. I also do just want to give a little plug for our Balance Bound collab 
Holidays are right around the old corner. They make a great gift for your favorite Forever 35 listener. And you can buy that at balancebound.co slash shop slash Forever 35. Kate, what if I I just got you you, like, like, I was just going to say, what if I just got you like a Dory's Hotel set for Christmas? (laughs) That was literally the joke I was going to make. Oh my gosh. Look at us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. I mean, we could, we could i really like i actually use my dory's hotel notepad for a lot of like little notes at my desk so right now there's like a lot of little like notes to self about my current the current book i'm writing all on my dory's hotel Ooh, and you know what's funny i'm recording this i'm recording this from a hotel like from an actual hotel i'm in a hotel hotel. you're not a dory's hotel i wish it was your hotel but here's their notepad our notepad is nicer than this actual hotel notepad that i'm at I don't know if you can see. I can. Right? Ours is yeah, better. It's like, yours, it, the one you have is like, fine. Yeah. But it's not it's a, like, it's no Dory's Hotel. No. There's no Kate H. Spencer manager listed. Yeah. <sighs> Kate, you are, speaking of hotels, you are in our hometown. I am in our hometown of Boston, Massachusetts right now. It's so weird to be here. It's so weird. I don't, like today, I, I don't even know where to begin. I get nostalgic and sad, but then I also am like, I'm out of place. I don't belong. Like I get all these weird emotions. I don't know if it's just Boston. Then today I met up with one of my oldest friends, uh, who's no, my friend Angela. We've known each other since freshman year of high school. And we, it was so lovely. We went for a long walk and I... <laughs> Do you know the green, like piney bushes with little red berries that you can squish? This is very specific. Yes, I do. We were walking down like Boylston or Beacon Street or something, and I passed a bush and I was like, oh my God, it's this bush. I haven't seen one of these. And so she was very patient. Oh my God. She was like, oh yeah, these bushes are great. And I was like, I had one of these as a kid in my yard, and I used to make like magical stews out of these berries. Like I just get. Weirdly <gasps> emotional, oh. you know. It just—it's like—it's just a lot. I don't—I don't even know why. I, I try to—I'm trying to figure out why it's so emotional for me. I think because I just hmm. connect to places in such a sensory way. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's October. It's the end of October. It smells like last night. I was walking around, and I was—it was cool and windy, and I realized like the smell of leaves in the cold air is such a specific scent that we don't have mm. in California. It gets cold. Mm-hmm. But we don't have this, this leaf in cold air smell. Again, very specific, but I think I'm just very sensory oriented. And so emotions, scents, like f- all of that stuff just triggers a lot of feelings for me. So yeah, I, I am so I'm happy to be here. I'm here for the Boston Book Festival. I'm speaking on a panel um, and then I will, you know, very briefly see some family members and then jet back to Los Angeles just in time for uh, trick-or-treating with my children. Mm. Yeah. It's cold here, Dory, by the way. It's cold. Oh, like legit cold? Like le- like, like legit East Coast chilly. I think it just Ooh. turned. Ooh. I know. It feels nice. Like it's the perfect weather for a romantic rendezvous with someone. Mm. 
I'm writing, you know, I'm writing a romance in my head. I don't mean for me. For me, I'm rendezvousing with my tiny travel humidifier that I brought. But something about that weather just, you know, makes me want to write a rendezvous. Yes. I do love a crisp fall weather. Yes. And it's sexy. Is that strange to say? No, you want to get all cozy. Yeah, or like kiss on a street corner as the leaves swirl. Mm. Now, Kate, on a mm-hmm. practical note, yeah. did you bring appropriate garb? Okay, so traveling to different climates gives me a whole lot of anxiety, especially because I'm obsessively carrying on my luggage and I tried to pack super light. So I think I did. I didn't bring my warmest coat. I think I did. I wore like a puffy vest today. I looked like what's her face, Elizabeth Holmes in that miniseries when she's always in that puffy vest. That's what I look like. I did. I had to kind of capsule wardrobe for the, like I'm speaking in public and I'm supposed to go to a cocktail party, which I'm not quite sure how to navigate in a pandemic. I think I'm just going to mask and like, what? A cocktail party? Anyway. uh, So, yeah. So I have like jeans and a nice pair of shoes and then like alternating tops. Okay. Okay. But I'm still like feeling out what fashion is. Like a lot of the stylish people here are wearing chunky white socks over their workout leggings. Those are the stylish people? Yes, Dory. Ankle socks are not cool anymore. What's cool is to tug a white sock up over your legging with your chunk, like your sneaker, and then have a long camel coat. That's the look here in Boston. That says to me, I'm just heading over to the gym <laughs> with my camel coat on. <laughs> I I know, but I, it's definitely like a choice look because I went out, walk, we went, walked around and got coffee, and like that's definitely. A, a specific style. This I think it's like an extension of kind of like COVID work from home casual. Okay. But like it was definitely an active fashion choice that I'm seeing. Yeah. You know me, street style reporter Kate Spencer, just reporting on the trends. I mean, Kate, I'm just saying, if you started a street style blog, <laughs> 2010 style, I would read it. Oh, I, I maybe I should start like a blogspot.com. Of just my fashion thoughts. Please do. Okay. All right. Please I'll do, do that this afternoon. You know okay, what? That's a great, great way to procrastinate. I'll start my I new blog wait. spot. <laughs> blog uh, spot. I will say though, another thing that I, I did try to do is I am trying to moisturize both the inside of my body and the outside of my body while I'm traveling. So I brought my travel I, humidifier. Wait a second. Hold yes. on. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Moisturize mm-hmm. the inside of your body. Does that mean drink a lot of water? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Drink a lot of water okay. and humidify. So I have my mm. travel humidifier. I have it going not just at night, but all day, all night. I'm just trying to m- moisten this room up, this hotel room that I'm in. And I'm drinking a lot of water. I brought my Brita water bottle. I brought my liquid IV powder things. And then mm. I also, for skincare, I only brought like moisturizer. I didn't bring any serums. So I brought my Boom Boom Milk spray moisturizer. I brought an Avene cream. And then I brought a Chlor um, seasonal kind oil. So I'm just, I'm, I'm just trying to lubricate everything. Wow. 
I've had a lot of coffee this morning, if you can't tell. I have also had a lot of coffee this morning. <laughs> what is it about today? Is it just because it's a a cool winter day? It's not even winter, cool fall day. I don't know. What's what's going on with you? Just cough, cough I don't know. I had I had some coffee before I took Henry to school, and then his school every Friday has like a little thing after drop off for parents. Like there's a couple parents do it every week. It's coffee Friday and they have coffee for everyone. And I was like, oh, I'll just, I love that. I'll just meander over there and have a cup mm-hmm. of coffee, even though I don't like really need it. Had a cup of coffee. So I'm like, <laughs> and you're not like, don't no, you don't normally have like wee energy. No, I don't. You're very grounded, feeling, very Taurus. I am feeling a little like, woo, what could happen today? <laughs> <laughs> and as I said to you before we started recording, I've been like working out a lot this week because I suddenly just felt like I felt called to get back mm. into fitness in like a real way. Hmm. But in, you know what's interesting? Like in a way that just felt very organic, like just not like, oh, I need, I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to, you know what I mean? It was just like, I just feel like I want to like work my bod. You wanted to move. I wanted well, to move. I wanted to feel the burn. Can I say something? You yes. have been running, which as someone who's known okay, you for wait, a while. Wait, wait, wait. No, okay. hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oops, hold sorry. On. Let Oops, me just sorry. clarify. Okay. I have... I did one run walk on the Peloton app. I have not been running. <laughs> okay, okay. No, like, okay. you've been running makes it sound like I've been like running like seven miles at like three times a week. I did one 30-minute run walk and I but plan on doing another one this week. But but it's interesting to me because you ha- you have run marathons. You have, have run in the past. Well, no, I've never run a marathon. Oh, because you were going to run the year the hurricane happened. Which was exactly 10 years ago. Dory trained for the New York City Marathon. And then it was Hurricane Sandy. Is that correct? It was. It was. And, you know, of course, in the grand scheme of things, my disappointment over not running the marathon paled in comparison to people who, like, died. Yeah, that was a, that was an awful, it was a really destructive. Lost their homes. Yeah. I mean, you know. Of course very far down on the list of like things to be actually sad about but you know i had i'd planned for it and trained for it for like almost two years and so that was kind of a that was a bummer for me and then i just never got up the motivation to train for another marathon and then i started doing ivf and then i was pregnant mm-hmm. and then it was you know what i mean like there were just like a yeah. lot of things in my life that happened where i was like running is just not on the agenda right now. And I don't know. I think I'm just feeling like, okay, I could get back into this. So that's where I'm at right now. And I think it'll also help with tennis. You know, get that uh, stamina up. Yeah. Yeah. Get the stamina up. I'm trying to also do some strength training to just feel a little stronger. So yeah. So I had decided I was originally I was going to play tennis this morning then I decided to take the day off um but you know now that I've had that cup of coffee I'm like you're ready to go for that marathon run I am ready (laughs) to do a long run (laughs) 
If you, Los Angeles, if you see Dory bolting by today. Oh my gosh. Just give me a little wave. Yeah. Just cheer her on. (laughs) I think that's cool. I think it's great Uh, to just move your body in a familiar way that you haven't have it in a while. It's, it's like riding a bike. Like it's just kind of like, oh yeah, I can, this feels good. Like, especially if it's calling you when it is, yes, when it is forced, it has a different, um, like I'm, I'm not a fan of it, but when, when your body is telling you to move the same way, when your body is telling you to rest, you know, like mm-hmm. it feels good to really be tapped into those cues. Yes, yes, it does. Yes, it does, Kate. Well, I hope you do some stretching, kind of work on those sore muscles today. Thank you. I, I do too. I do too. Well, and you know, I am I am here in Boston, so if you want me to just walk the Boston Marathon route for you, just to kind of you know get you psyched up and maybe thinking about things. Okay, no, you're gonna walk the 26 mile Boston no, Marathon no. route. I meant like just kind of go over to the end of the mar- no, no, no. Oh, I meant okay. like <laughs> snap a photo of me. I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't even go to like Heartbreak Hill, but you know, just to be like, yeah, Dory, come do the marathon. I'm here on Boylston Street. I think it goes oh, down sure, sure. straight at the end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Yeah. Wait, weren't weren't you gonna run the Boston Marathon? Or that was like a goal that you had? That's like a dream of mine, but I don't think I want really want the physical aspect. I just want the experience of I love the Boston Marathon. I think it's the best marathon in the world. No disrespect to the other marathons, but I think it's the best. Again, the emotional attachment of witnessing it every year. We get the day off from school here in Massachusetts when the marathon's happening. So, like, everybody goes. Yes, it's it's Patriots on a Monday. Day. It's yeah, a made-up made holiday. holiday. Patriots Day. <laughs> yeah. Which only, which I didn't know. This is how, like, provincial I was. I didn't know that it was only in Massachusetts. So when I got to college, I was like, we're all going to have this Monday off, right? And people were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Wait, I thought it was also a day off in Maine. Did I make that up? I, you know what, if it, there was some point in my life, maybe it was when I got to New York, at some point I got to a place where I, I was still under the assumption that we all had the day off. So maybe if it did exist in Maine, or, you know, it's possible we had my college break during that April. I don't know. I just know I reached a point where I thought it was a national holiday and was like, it is celebrated in Maine. Okay. So it's, it must've been when I got to New York and I thought we didn't work or something. It is celebrated in Massachusetts, or observed, I shouldn't say celebrated, observed by Massachusetts, Maine, Connecticut, and North Dakota on the third Monday in April, and in Florida and Wisconsin on April 19th. What a strange combination of states. Bizarre. (laughs) It's a, it is a... It only like it's in Massachusetts they do the reenactment of you know the battle of what combat Lexington and Concord and the Revolutionary War the Red Sox play an 11 a.m. game and then there's the marathon so it's like a there's a lot happening here that's very very much tied into your uh experience as a mm-hmm. person living in the Metro West Boston area anyway okay here's I, something 
just to finish the discussion of Patriots Day since I'm on their Wikipedia page. <laughs> this hot self-care topic of Patriots Day. Connecticut only began observing Patriots Day in 2018 and North Dakota in 2019. Why? Again, I ask why? I don't know. This that seems like one of those so holidays bizarre. we could not celebrate. Totally. Like, I kind of get it in Massachusetts, but why in these <laughs> other places? Okay, anyway, moving on. Okay, we should introduce our guest. Oh my goodness. We had so much fun. We talked to, oh my gosh, my brain's blanking. We talked to Yvette Marino. Now, Yvette, let, let's read her bio, but then we're going to cap yeah. it off with one of her most recent accomplishments. So Yvette has been with Walt Disney Animation Studios for over 20 years. Now she started as an assistant in the technology department, then she was promoted to an administrative manager. Then after 10 years in the technology department, Yvette moved to the world of production and worked as a production supervisor and editorial on films such as Tangled, which is one of my favorite Disney films. Really? Oh, I freaking, have you ever seen Tangled? No, it's the best. You know what? It's so, it was one of these movies I didn't even know about until I had kids. And then we watched it and we've since seen it 8 million times. It's such a charming movie. It's so great. I love it. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. You tangled. Who knew? Oh, it's so good. Mandy Moore, just chef's kiss is Rapunzel. The songs are good. Mm. Okay. okay. I'll, okay. I'll still my role. She's worked with the Starry team on The Lion King 3D, Wreck-It Ralph. She's done it all. Then she was promoted to production manager on Big Hero 6 Academy Award winner and most recently worked on Moana, but also Encanto and won an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. As a producer. She lives here in Los Angeles. She's just a fascinating and fun person to get to talk to. Her career is so interesting. We haven't really talked to anyone in this side uh, of the world, the career world. We haven't spoken with anyone who works kind of in this, like, the corporate production side of things. But it was just Mm -hmm. so interesting to hear about her career path. Anyway, it was so fun to get to talk to her, especially kind of on the heels of Encanto being so huge. Like, it's been such a part of like a cultural point. And I know like specifically in my home, it's been such a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's such a beautiful film and such an important film. And it just, mm, mm. She, t- she talked to us about Lin-Manuel Miranda writing the music. I mean, we just got into all sorts. Also her self-care, which is really interesting. She's also a, a mom of two, married. She's just amazing. Uh. All right. So, Kate, we've been chatting for a little while. So let's take a little break and then we will come back with Yvette. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, It's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So, I for one am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually actually I donned double quince the other night. I've got what? to tell you. Okay. Yeah. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings, there's nights out, it's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling superpower short. The Superpower Short Smooth Shapes and Lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let Let me just tell you why. Yeah, get into okay, it. Okay, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say, like, I, I I, don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it, like, the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, 
God, like get this off of me. No, thank <laughs> once you. Once you, once you start wearing honey love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it could like, be. Yes. Also like summer sweat under those underwires. It's like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the US and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So, This is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Yvette, welcome to Forever 35. We're really glad to have you today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm super, super excited. I listen to you guys, so I feel like I'm talking to a couple of girlfriends. Oh, well, you are. Consider us friends. Yeah. Well, we always like to ask our guests off the bat about a self-care practice in their life just to get, you know, get things warmed up. So is there something that you do in your day-to-day that you consider self-care for yourself? Um, you know, I, you know, I, I listen to you guys ask this question to many people and mm-hmm. I kind of shift, you know, depending on what I need. Um, I mm-hmm. used to be an avid runner. And so that used to be my like, oh, I have to run. But um, 
unfortunately. I need to get back to it, but the pandemic kind of messed up everything. But, uh, you know, but one thing I do make sure I do is just I have time for myself. And whether that is in my car or sitting in my office or when I get home after the kids are in bed, I just make sure that I have something and I do something that, you know, I feel like you know, I have to feel accomplished every day, like I've done something. Mm. And even in my like on my weekends, when I'm all kids and family and my husband, I just have to have a little moment where I'm like, okay, at least I've accomplished this. Um, so I just make sure that I have that time for myself. And I like to, uh, if I don't, I give myself grace. <laughs> I, you know, it hit me a long mm-hmm. time ago that I, uh, you know, I, there's a lot of uh, grace and forgiveness given to a lot of people around me in my life and, and, oh, it's okay. We can do this. And I realized I wasn't doing that to myself. So I actually just kind of make sure that I take, if I don't, uh, get to what I needed to that day, I just take a deep breath and I say, you know what? It's okay. We have tomorrow or we have another day. Let's make another plan. So, uh, to me, that's been like one of the biggest things I feel like I've learned kind of growing older. Yeah. You know, like I was so hard on myself when I was younger and now I'm like, you know, it's I just, okay. I'm going to give, yeah, it's okay. It's mm. okay. So yeah. I'm really glad that you said that because that's definitely something that I've been thinking about a lot. Um, so I, um, Oh, go ahead. I just, I just wanted to, I thought it was interesting that you mentioned like the, the need to feel like you've accomplished something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that just that just like set off a spark in me because I have that same feeling and I'm it's so ingrained in us. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm wondering if you've kind of how if that's something that's been with you your whole life, is that just your nature as a person? Or do you feel like that's kind of external pressure that's been put upon you? How do you kind of how have you navigated this feeling of like needing to accomplish, needing to have the thing done, whatever mm-hmm. that is? Yeah, you know what? It's it's something really interesting to get into and talk about because I feel like I've been that way my whole life, and but I don't know if that's because that's who I am or external pressures. Uh, my husband and I have been married for like 22 years, and when he got married, he is not. I love him dearly, but he is not that person, <laughs> and he is totally fine just hanging out. I'm just gonna watch movies all day, and I was like, well. I don't, we just can't do that. And we really like, it was really a bump, you know, early on when we first started, when we first got married and started living together, I'm like, well, we can't just sit around all day. We have to do something. And he was like, why? (laughs) This is Saturday. We can relax. And it really kind of stuck with me for a little bit. Like Mm. why? And so I, you know, so we've learned to balance since then, a lot of years and a lot of conversations, but it's also, you know, he kind of like said, you know, I, but I'm not good if I sit around all weekend. I'm really not because, mm-hmm. you know, I work hard all week and, but I feel like there's things that we have to get done during the weekend that I have to. And I've had those moments where it's like, I'm just going to sit around and do nothing. And I feel terrible at the end of the day. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, I'm really just trying to find that balance of trying to get, whether it's like, oh my gosh, I got up and showered and put makeup on, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I feel like, oh, okay, and I'll just clean something a little or, or you know, do something like organizing to get ready for the week. Then I feel like, or even making cookies with my daughter and just, then I feel like, okay, well, I've done something. 
But, you know, so yeah, I don't know if it's, I think it's a little bit of who I am. I have three other sisters and we're all that way of trying to try making sure that we have to get something done. So, um, but really my husband has helped bring me that balance. Oh my gosh. I relate to that so much. (laughs) Are you the same? Do you feel the same, Dory? Yeah. I mean, Matt really will my husband, Matt, will really like to just like on a weekend, he just wants to stay home and relax. And like, he doesn't have that same sort of like, uh, almost like compulsive <laughs> yes. need to, to do stuff. Um, and it's been an interesting sort of learning curve for me. But I, you know, one thing that I do find helps is um, I'll sometimes like make checklists of like very mundane tasks and it's really satisfying to just check those off. And like, sometimes that just scratches the itch, you know, like take a shower, check. <laughs> it's like, that can also often like satisfy me. So I don't know, but it's yeah. definitely like an ongoing process. So it's interesting to hear you talk about that. I think it's yeah. interesting too, because it it allows each of us to define like relaxation for ourselves. Mm-hmm. I'm married to the you to the two of you. Like this is what my husband's like. Like I could sit in bed all day and he's like, I can't, I physically can't do this. It doesn't make me feel relaxed. And I think it helps to kind of understand what it what helps everybody, you know, everyone's different. Relaxing isn't isn't just like laying flat and watching TV all day. That sounds great to me, but I, I appreciate hearing you two share your perspective. Uh, um, Yvette, I just wanted to ask about your work. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> which is, you know, you've had such an amazing career um, at Disney. And I, I think one thing that I would like to do first is just kind of define what it is that you do. Like what does a film producer do and how does it differ in animation versus live action? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. And um, I get that a lot and I'm still trying to figure it out sometimes, <laughs> but mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> uh, you know, so as the producer on an animated film, you know, I partner with the directors and, and making sure that, I mean, ultimately big picture, making sure that the director's creative vision gets up on screen Mm. and that's, and the movie gets made on time and is able to be released. Um, But, you know, it really is the way we make films here at Disney animation is that we will in, you know, in animation, you have the ability, you write the script and then you board it out and then we cut it together and our editor will, you know, time it out and put sound effects and, scratch you know temp voices and stuff like that and we will screen at disney we like in canto for example we screened eight times before we actually before the final version uh was released and so we screen over and over again and and those screenings are big moments on the film and where we'll screen in our studio uh it'll be our team and then directors from all the other projects, directors and writers from all the other projects, our story trust, uh, Jennifer Lee, our uh, chief creative officer. And we kind of screen and then we sit in the room for like two to three hours and just hear from everybody their notes and what they what they like, what they understand, what they don't understand. And um, and then so we tear it all apart and then we build it all up. We'll rewrite the script 
reboard it and then screen it again, you know, a few months later. And this is our process that we go through. So my job in that is really making sure as we go from screening to screening to make sure that we are making creative progress from one screening to the next. And we're not just spinning. It's very easy to uh, get caught up in one little section of the film, but we have to make sure that we keep looking and building the whole entire film and really kind of gauging what what we need is what the directors need, what the writers may need as storytellers and saying, hey, maybe we should get some, you know, this person's perspective, um, you know, and so that's a big part of what I do in the day to day is just really working with the directors and the um, making sure that we are kind of moving forward. Um, I also partner with our marketing, you know, obviously Disney is a very big company. And so we have different aspects of the company that we work with. So I, I, you know, I'm working with the other partners in the company to make sure that they understand that the story we're telling as they're building, getting ready for product or marketing and and introducing, talking about how we're going to introduce this film to the world. And, um, uh, a big part on Encanto was really overseeing the cultural aspect to, to make sure that we were celebrating the Colombian culture and making sure that, um, you know, uh, working with our consultants and making sure that they were being heard and they were able to see the, all of the stuff that we were creating to make sure that we, we were doing it in the right way. So it's kind of like a bunch of a, a lot of stuff. <laughs> I don't want to say yeah. a bunch of little things, a bunch of a lot of stuff. <sighs> but it, there's an amazing team and structure here at Disney Animation. So it's not like I do it all by myself because we have an amazing team that helps do that. Get it all done. <sighs> it's wild. I, I Having some friends who work in animation and having learned what the process is has been so illuminating because yeah. for us, it's just like, oh, they just made this thing. You forget that there is so much that goes into it uh and a film like Encanto it's like you know all we see is the end result and and how beautiful it is but it's amazing you know when you're in it I'm sure there are moments where you're like is this ever going to really come together yes there are moments all the way through yeah um, I was in, on Encanto for about three and a half years and the directors really kind of start they were on it um, about for about five years. And really, as you're kind of creating it and you're screening it and you're, uh, you know, tearing it apart and building it up again, you're just, you know, you have some moments of magic where you're like, oh, this really works. Mm. Um, you know, there's a scene in there where uh, Abuela Alma kind of tells her backstory to Mirabel and we go into why she left and, and really kind of, you, you know, you get it gain a different understanding of Abuela Alma and her history. And that scene itself, uh, Sharice Castro Smith was our co-director and co-writer and she came in and that was the first draft that she wrote. And she had that section and, and we knew like that was a section that like, Oh my gosh, we have to figure out exactly the best way to do this. We had that section in the beginning of the film. We had it towards, you know, the end. And so in the end, we ended up doing a little bit of both, you know, Abuela telling her story to young Mirabel, like as you would a five-year-old. And then in towards the end where you really kind of see the tragedy that she went through. And so, uh, but so you have those moments where you're like, okay, this we have to protect and we have to keep Mm. this. And then there's other moments where we look back now, we're like, Oh, 
Yeah, <laughs> we thought it was such a great idea at the time, but didn't quite work. I'm literally, I'm sorry to be making crazy faces in the video, but I'm like getting, I might cry. I'm getting emotional thinking about that scene. I've seen this movie so many times and every time I cry and even now just talking yeah. about it. Yeah. I yeah, cry. Well, you know, thank you for saying that. It is one of those, like, we see it in boards and yeah. we're like, oh, that's emotional. Oh my oh. gosh. And then, you know, we've watched it. One of the benefits and the gifts I have in my job is I get to see it from an idea talked about in the story room to written on pages to being boarded out and watch it go all the way through. And this scene in particular, all the way through in the very, very end of the film, we see the film over and over again, just because we're, you know, listening to sound, you know, the final sound, the final images. And literally, I would I would also cry every single time. Okay, well, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I visible know. on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like creppiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving, that sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. All right, we are back. I'm wondering if we could kind of like zoom out a little bit. You've been at Disney for more than 20 years and... Mm you know, in that time, their animated films have really diversified. And mm -hmm. I'm wondering, what has it been like for you as a Latina woman to experience this shift? And how 
do you make sure that the stories of people of color are told accurately and sensitively? Yeah. Um, a, a great, great question. And I think, you know, I came in, um, I, I was one of those people, I didn't really know what I wanted to do in life. My parents, I'm going to zoom out a little bit and go back to my college with my parents, you know, didn't have the opportunity to go to college. So they sent me to school and they said, go get a good job. And mm. typically that means go be a doctor, go be a lawyer, go be something. And so um, I met my very best friend at orientation and she walked up to me because I was another Latina because we were, I was in a pool of, of very uh, blonde. Like I remember literally thinking mm. I'd never seen so many blonde people in my entire life. Cause I grew up in a very Latino community and, and it was fine, but it was just different. And so my best friend that I grew up she grew, uh, that I met there, she, from day one, she says, I want to be a teacher. That's what I want to do. And today she's all these years later, she's still teaching. And I've always admired that about her. I didn't have that. And I was like, Oh gosh. And there's so much, what do I want to do with my life? What am I going to do? And, and, uh, I didn't know. And so I just kind of bumped around school and, and tried to figure it out along the way. And so I studied sociology and my friends who studied sociology went to be social workers. So after college, I was like, I guess I'm gonna go be a social worker now. And I did that for about a year and realized it really wasn't for me. And then I ended up temping around and I got a temp job at Disney Animation. And so I, uh, so, and then again, I was like, oh, cool, I can work at Disney. And then, so I worked, uh, I got hired on as an assistant in the technology department. And I worked there for about, you know, I like I got promoted and I was there for about 10 years. And then all of a sudden I was like, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't like my job, but I really like the people I work with. I like working here, but, and I was like, well, my parents never liked their job. Maybe, mm. maybe this is work. Like maybe that's what work is. And, and it's a weird thing to work at Disney animation. Cause everybody, most people here are so passionate about being here. And I was like, gosh, everybody loves, they seem to not only love working here, they love what they do. And so I was having like this, you know, I call it my like pre-life crisis of like, okay, maybe this is like just trying to figure out like, why can't I be happy here at work? And, you know, I was able to switch jobs and kind of move around a little bit. And then suddenly it became clear to me that I, I was like, oh, this is what it is to like my job. I got a new role in the studio and I was like, oh my gosh this is it. And, um, and then uh, the job that I was doing was being eliminated, but I had met one of the producers here. And he was like, I need somebody to um, I need somebody to run my editing department on the show. You know, I think you'd be good at it. Would you be interested? And I was like, yeah, my job's going away. And uh, I've always kind of wanted to get in production, but I hadn't I hadn't had the opportunity and so I switched over and the film ended up being tangled oh, and so I worked oh. in the editing department but within six months I was like oh this is what it's like to like your job and to to really enjoy and then all of a sudden I had a career path and I I you know and I was literally I was in my mid-30s and I had this huge career shift where I started production and I really kind of got into the mode of like oh 
I can see myself doing this. This is what it means to have a career. So going back to your question, Dory, of like the changes I've seen, I didn't have, I didn't know these jobs existed when I was little. I never knew anyone in the entertainment industry. I never even thought it was, a. it was so like my dream as a kid, people, oh, what was your dream? Did you always dream of this? I was like, I didn't even know it was possible. I wanted to buy a house. That was it, you know? And, and so, you know, when I got here and then, you know, I was like, oh, now I can see myself. And so once I started working in production, I started seeing how important it is to make sure people understand that these jobs exist and that these roles exist. And so what I'm so excited about here, and then is is the shift of not only people seeing themselves in these stories, because we are really dead, you know, kind of focused on telling stories that reflect the world that we all live in and that include that are inclusive of everyone. Um, and so that all kind of it's all kind of wrapped up into kind of like how I bump my way through this career of mm-hmm. like of of not ever seeing myself on on screen or seeing people who look like me or my family on screen when I was little and really, you know, kind of coinciding with um, not knowing that these, these roles existed at all. So it's, it's just kind of like, so now, like now that I'm in this role, it's so important to me that I go out and talk to people and say, hey, that there are tons of jobs that exist within, mm. you know, film and animation that, you know, people you can find yourself in, in all these different roles. Um, in the same way of, you know, hoping that the stories that we tell people are curious, you know, gets them curious about the process. Oh, now, you know, my favorite thing is to see, you know, on TikTok or Instagram, like, little girls who are little boys who are seeing themselves and there's a hey, that looks like me on there. And then all of a sudden, hopefully they, you know, maybe they'll get curious about the process and what is this and, and all of, you know, all of these different things It all kind of plays, plays into it, I think for me a little bit on mm. my story of not really, you know, seeing anyone or knowing anyone uh, who did these jobs and really making sure that the stories that we're telling uh, reflect the worlds that we live in. So. I think I you know make that answered your question, but yeah. Well, I, I just like the point you make about it's it's like seeing yourself on screen and also off screen, right? Like in mm. seeing people like you who look like you in positions of power, um, who are making these decisions and making these huge films. I mean, I think that's another part of it. I, I'm I would just love to get your thoughts as a person who, you know is in a position now of power in entertainment. How do you think we get more women, uh, more women of color into these positions of high up in, in the entertainment business? Yeah, I think, you know, um, I, I think about this question a lot and, you know, I, I do what I can in the roles that the role that I'm in. And really, I like to talk about it. Um, so thank you for asking. But, you know, I think every a lot of people have good intentions, we all want to do it. Yes, everybody talks about how important it is. And, and how, um, you know, yes, we need diverse voices in the room. But it takes a lot of effort. 
And it's just, it's, it not only, and it's not something I think that is accomplished and checked off, you know, checked off. Oh, we've done that. Okay. We're going to move on. It is something, it's a shift in how we work and how we bring people into this industry. I think that, um, you know, we, I think we, as humans, we naturally do is like, oh, I, you know, this person reminds me of me as, a, as when I was younger and up and coming. And so you have a tendency to lean towards that, even though, you know, for uh, uh, people in the, the majority, you know, say, oh, no, I re- we think it's really good to diverse hire. But when you have a room of candidates and you or a list of candidates and you know somebody who either knows someone or has someone who, oh, my gosh, they totally remind me of me at that age, because I remember having that same exact feeling, you're going to naturally go towards that person. And I think that's the shift of like, yes, you can you can interview diverse candidates. But unless you have that awareness that you're going to naturally tend towards a person who's like you, and, and fight against that, and it's such a natural thing to do. I think that's a big shift. Because uh, we, I talk about it here all the time with colleagues and when we're hiring people, I was like, well, you know, it's an opportunity to bring in a different voice. And, you know, more times than not, you know, people are like, oh, well, I know I have experience with this person, mm. you know, or I've worked with this person before. And I was like, okay, well, let's pause a second. Let's talk about, let's talk to other people who have worked with these other candidates and see if they have the same feeling. And so it's just having that extra step in there. I think part of it. Um, that I, I wanted to go back to something that you mentioned when we were kind of talking about your career path, which is that, you know, you didn't often see people who look like you on screen. And I'm wondering what media did you consume when you were growing up? And, you know, how has that kind of influenced the work that you've done? Yeah, I think, you know, I I grew up here in Southern California. So I consume most, you know, um, I mean, my, both of my, all of my grandparents are from Mexico and uh, my mother was born in Mexico and grew up in El Paso and my dad grew up here in Southern California. And, uh, you know, my mother had an interesting experience when she was young uh, because she didn't speak English when she went to school and she got made fun of and she got held back and she had a very, very difficult time. And so it was Mm. important to my parents they're like, no, my kids are going to speak English, right? And so I didn't, so they, I grew up in a very English speaking home. So, um, you know, I had exposure to Spanish speaking uh, television and, but really for the most part, I grew up like every, you know, like many, many kids here in America watching, you know, I grew up in, I'm a little older, I grew up like, you know, 70s, 80s. And so, you know, happy days and, and Little House on the Prairie were in reruns, but Still, you know, I'd watch all of these things as a young kid, you know, and, you know, and yeah, I, I enjoyed it, but I never like, I, I never had a deep emotional attachment to any of the content that I saw that a lot of times that, you know, when I talk to people now, they're like, Oh, I saw this and this really made me. And I didn't really experience that as a child because it just, they were all so different. And it was all just something, you know, part of what the entertainment industry was to me, it was something on the TV and not real to me. And so Mm. I think 
a lot mm-hmm. of that kind of made up the, you know, kind of my story of not really even dreaming of working in entertainment. It was always attractive to me in some way of like, oh, I think that's kind of cool. But it was never something that like I brought into my internal because it was just something that just seemed so distant and so far. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, well, Yvette, if we could probably talk to you for hours, but um, we want to be mindful of your time. And so we just have one last question, which is something we do ask all of our guests, which is what is your skincare routine? Oh, you know, um, like I said, I'm a mama too. So I'm very like my, I'm very like, oh, let me just get it done. I, it's really, I just make sure I wash my face. I put some moisturizer on every day, take the makeup off at night. I've learned even, you know, I'm 51. I sometimes forget my age. I'm 51, but even (laughs) when, uh, I've learned even now in my fifties, even when I don't take off my makeup, I'll start to break out. But so I take my makeup every night and wash my face every night, but it's really basic. I do am always I'm on one of those people that's always on the search for something new. I was like, Ooh, let me try this. I'll mm, talk to my sisters. Mm-hmm, Ooh, mm-hmm, let me try mm-hmm. this. But mm-hmm. that's the basic, the, the basic routine is really just make sure sunblock moisturizer, sunblock cleaning your face off at night. I mean, I think we've kind of come to the terms with the fact that that's the best skincare routine. Like, I, mm-hmm. I think that's like where we've, at least that's where I've landed this year. Who knows? Like next yeah. year, I'm sure I'll be like 20 steps, but Right now, I think that's especially when you're trying to balance all the crap. Like, there's no, you know, there's no way to to truly do it all. So, I think fast is best. It's quick and it's easy, and I can remember to do it. So, yep, that's all you need. Well, this has been so wonderful, Eva, to get to talk to you and hear about just your work. It's been really inspirational, and as we've noted, emotional. Uh, I'll probably need to watch Encanto this weekend. Um, where are you an online person? Are you someone that our listeners can follow along with online? Or is there another place that you like to recommend people get to go and experience your work besides Disney plus? Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. I'm not great on them, but I am there and it kind of definitely my work stuff goes on there at Yvette MF at whatever Twitter and whatever it is, that's kind of the handle, I guess that's what you call it. Um, yeah, but there's no E at the end of Yvette. Uh, so it's Y-V-E-T-T-M-F. Awesome. Just so cool. everyone. Knows. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Mm. Well, that was fun. And, you know, as I said in our chat with her, I am really excited to start watching some of like the classic Disney movies with Henry. Yeah. I mean, there are some, I would say like a lot of the new Disney movies have been really fantastic. Like Raya and the last dragon is wonderful. Um, Obviously Moana. I still cry. I still cry at the music of Moana. I tried watching Moana with him, I don't know, maybe like a year ago, and he just did not have the attention span for it. But I wonder, like now he's able to follow a story a little bit better. 
Um, so I think maybe we'll give it a try. The thing, you know, what's so funny is like, I, f- I do feel like if we lived like somewhere that had weather, it would be like, oh, it's a rainy Saturday afternoon. Let's just cozy up and watch Moana. But like, I know it here it's like, here ugh. so much. Yeah. Going out again. Um, yeah. Here it would be like, it's 95 degrees. Let's, <laughs> let's blast the air conditioning and watch Moana. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Anyway, Kate, how did your intention to learn more about ADHD behaviors go this week for you? Oh, you know, this is just going to be a life's intention. It just kind of is what it is. Yep. Um, Yep, Yep. But I'm just doing a lot of like reading. I'm reading books. And I'm also doing like, I'm taking my. ADHD medication. I, I can't remember if I've like mentioned that I'm newly medicated. Did I mention that on this podcast? You mentioned it to me, but I don't. I know our friendship in the podcast really blurs sometimes. I know, I know. Uh, so I started taking medication for my ADHD or ADD, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And uh, so I'm just trying to be observant about like my body, my brain how things impact me, my self-esteem, all these things mm-hmm. connected as one. So it's going okay. I'm doing more self-reflection as my intention this week. Good. Okay. I'm I'm excited to hear about that. <sighs> I don't really know what this means yet, uh-huh, but I think uh-huh. I really need to do some work on like really looking into like my value, like how I value myself, how I define success, Mm. how I feel about myself, my core Mm. values, what at the end of the day, what really matters to me and how do I measure my worth as a person? Mm. It's a lot. It's a lot. I tend to really seek external validation as, um, or rather I use external measurements to, to, to decide how I feel about myself. And I, that's not working for me, but I don't know how to break that habit. Okay. This is big. It's a lot. It's a lot. I did some thinking on it last night. Um, you know, it's a lot. It's weird. I don't, I, I mean, we don't need to get into this too deeply, but I don't know. It's very weird. It's weird being a creative person. And, and like, you know, my job as a writer means that like my work is just constantly public and there's a lot of external feedback and it's just a lot to kind of mitigate. So yeah, I'm just as a podcaster, it's a lot too, right? Like we, we are met you know, like our podcast can be measured by downloads or by ad sales or by listener reviews. You know, all this kind of feedback yeah. is is very helpful, but then I tend to internalize a lot of it and and um I'm not sure that I need to be doing that. May I may I make a suggestion that you are of course welcome to take or leave at your leisure? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is a lot of stuff that I've been um thinking about with regards to my son, Henry, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I think that there's a lot more awareness now, perhaps than there was when we were growing up of the difference Mm -hmm. between 
external versus internal motivation and, you know, and like what, like what motivates you. And I think there's been a push or, or just the awareness of how it's been, how it can be beneficial to people to be internally versus externally motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this. Okay. And so kind of, trying to do that more with my son has made me more aware of it. And I think I am generally an internally motivated person, but like, you know, it's hard not to be a little bit externally motivated. I think everyone has to be right. Like there has to be a balance. You can't, you can't solely be internally motivated because then like nothing anyone ever needs from you matters. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. Right. Totally. (laughs) So you know, there, there does have to be a balance, but you know, Dr. Becky has some good stuff on this. Like, I think it can actually be helpful to read about how to do this with your kids and then kind of like apply it to yourself. Her book is great. I will say it's really, it's really good. It's really smart. Um, I interviewed her. Well, we interviewed her on this podcast before her book mm-hmm. came out. And then for my newsletter, now we're talking, we did an event with her and I published the transcript of our conversation, uh, which we'll link to in the show notes. And yeah, her book is really good because it it kind of distills everything really clearly and it feels very accessible and it's not scoldy. Like I think some parenting mm. advice or, you know, how-to books can be a little scoldy, and she's not scoldy, which I really like about her. Anyway, total sidebar. Um, Kate, mm-hmm. can I talk about my intentions, or do you want to keep talking about No, keep okay. talking. Um, last week, I said I was going to meal prep, and I did. I made okay. I made a lunch for the week. It was fine. It was not great. I was like trying a different recipe. I'd never made this before. And I was kind of like, meh, this is not like amazing, but I still Mm -hmm. did it. And um, other than yesterday when I was not at home and for various reasons, I I had a a meal that was not that meal. I have been eating leftovers or eating the meal prep. Thing. And I, so I think I'm going to try to do that again, but tweak it a little bit. And I also call Ooh, back like to this. call back to a very long ago intention. I have almost totally cleared off my desk. The only things left to clear off are like a tangle of wires <laughs> and various <laughs> like equipment that I don't use. Um, but there was like a massive pile that just existed next to me that is gone. You were so, uh, on a, in a tech, one of our group chats, you were giving some highlights for things that had been on your desk and it was oh, yes. <laughs> a smorgasbord. <laughs> well, just to give you a sense, my son has, my son is obsessed with garbage trucks and he has these little plastic bins for his garbage, for his toy garbage truck. And he, he has something that he calls the dump, which is just a, like a little plastic bin filled with like small detritus debris Mm -hmm. um and i found some stuff like for his dump like i found a a small a small uh, yellow plastic guitar that you know that's like two inches like there was just all this stuff and he was like Mm -hmm. 
he was like, mama, where did this come from? And I was like, you know what? Great question. <laughs> mm-hmm. My desk. Years uh, and years, uh, months and months years. of just building up. Yes, exactly. Um, so anyway, this week, um, my intention is just to call back to what we discussed at the beginning of the episode, which I just want to continue on this fitness journey that I decided to be on. Love and it. I'll report back. It's, you know what? It's, it's very, it feels good. Well, it doesn't seem like you're pressuring yourself in any way. It doesn't seem fueled by anything other than you just like listening to kind of your body cues. Yeah. It's intuitive exercising. Well, I like that. Thank you. Just made that up. All right. Well, Kate, this has been so fun. And I just want to remind everyone Forever 35 is hosted and produced by me, Dori Shafrier, and you, Kate Spencer, and produced and edited by Sam Junio. Sammy Reed is our project manager, our network partners, ACAS. Talk to you all soon. Bye.